Praise the Lord, my friends. An awesome time of worship as we celebrate all that the resurrection means to us. I'd like to turn your attention as we get started into this message today to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. I think it's appropriate for us to just read the resurrection story. And while you're turning there, Luke, chapter 24. Luke is the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I just want you to know that we believe here, especially those of you who might be new to us, we believe that this is God's Word. In fact, the Gospel of John tells us that Jesus is the Word. And so what we have here, we believe we have in our hands the the spoken Word of God that has been written down and preserved over time for all of us, and we believe that this is where truth comes from. In fact, there is no other truth outside of God and His Word and Jesus Christ. And I want to be clear about that, and everything that we say today comes straight out of His Word. There's nothing that I have to say that means anything. It's only what we can say that comes right straight from God's Word, because this is what we can trust. And so I hope that you'll understand that everything that we talk about today is coming straight from His Word, and we can trust it, and we can find hope, we can let it guide our very lives. And so as we go to this story, this is a true story. This isn't something that somebody made up. It's a true story, and you can actually go and prove it historically. So let's go there to Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 9, and let me just read the story of the resurrection morning. On the first day of the week at early dawn, the women went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared for his burial, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Now, kids, if you're listening, that, those are some angels that were there in the tomb. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. This is Easter, my friends. Easter Sunday. This is the Easter resurrection story that many people I'm excited about people all over the world are excited about today and are celebrating today. I asked some Christians this week, I, I just called them up and I said, hey, um, what does the resurrection mean to you? What is it, what did, what, if you had to write it down and put down what it is and what it isn't, what would you send in to me? And this is what they sent in to me. I love this stuff. Resurrection is not a custom, it's a calling. It's not a fairy tale, it's a recorded historical fact. The resurrection is not fiction, it's witnessed reality. That's awesome. It's not fabricated, it was foretold. The resurrection is not a myth, it is a movement. It's not just a holiday, it's a holy deliverance day. The resurrection is not imaginary, it's life-giving. It's not 
made up, it's miraculous. And I love this one. It's not just any day, it is the day. For those of us who know Jesus Christ, this is the most important day of our lives because it changed everything for the world. You know, a lot of people, especially in America, they may say, I believe in Jesus and I believe in the resurrection, I just don't understand it. In fact, there are some studies that show that over 70% of people in America who don't even attend church believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That's an interesting statistic. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's two questions that I'd like to address today with you about the resurrection and what Easter's all about. And it's, it's these two questions. What does it mean and why does it matter? We're gonna address those two things together today from God's word. Now there are two iconic symbols that literally mean the world to those of us Christ followers. They mean everything to us. And those two iconic symbols are the vacant cross and the empty tomb. We had such a great time on Friday. I, those of you who joined with us, I'm sure you experienced the same thing we experienced here as we celebrated and remembered the death of Jesus on the cross. The gospel writers tell us about this, and this is what they write about Jesus and the cross experience. It says that Jesus, when he was on the cross, cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, and this is what he cried out, and everybody there heard, it is finished. And when they had said, when he had said this, he bowed his head, breathed his last, and gave up his spirit. I entitled the sermon today, It Is Finished, Now What? <laughs> so what, maybe you could put on there. What, what does it even mean, it is finished? See, we saw on Friday that it is finished on the cross, cries out to us, and cried out, Jesus was crying out to the Father, Father, it's over, it's done. The final sacrifice has been made. I have satisfied all the requirements for the forgiveness of sins. My friends, the Bible is very clear, and we talked about this Friday night, and I just want you to hear it again because it's so relevant to what we're talking about here. The Bible is crystal clear that every single human being has a universal fundamental problem, and that is that we have all sinned. We're all sinners. It's so clear in the Bible that the result of that sin, what, we, what, we, what God requires is payment for that sin, and the Bible says that the payment for that sin is death. And Jesus paid that price for us when he was on the cross. And when he was on the cross, he cried out, Father, I've satisfied the payment. 1 Peter 2, 24 says that Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. We can be forgiven of our sins because of what Jesus said, did on the cross. By his wounds, the scripture says, you have been healed. Wow. And he did it all because he loves us. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only son to die for us 
so that we can have, find forgiveness and we can find eternal life in Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9 says that his blood covers over our sins, which allows us to be right with God and escape his judgment. It is, it is finished when Jesus cried out, it is finished on the cross. It cries out, sin and death are defeated. Now the empty tomb cries out also. It cries out, it is finished. And when it cries out after that, as it says something like this, Satan's power is broken in the world. Humans can now walk in freedom from bondage and freedom from the control of sin. The whole world now can share in eternal life. The empty tomb cries out, there is victory and freedom for all who believe. And that's good news, people. That's the good news of the Easter story. The empty tomb is crying out to us, it is finished. Jesus is who he claimed to be. And Jesus claimed a lot of different things, but this is what he was fundamentally crying out to people when he was on the earth. In John eleven twenty five. he wanted people to understand this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He was always saying things like that because they were true. He was saying things like, I am the son of God, or I am God. I am perfect. I am the savior of the world. And it really ticked people off. It especially ticked off the religious leaders of that day. They actually would say things to him like, who do you think you are saying these things? And he would respond, I'll tell you who I am. And he would say things like what John 14, 6 records him saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Oh, and by the way, no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus wasn't saying to them, I am a way, or I'm a good way, or I'm one of many ways. He said, I am the only way. The one and only way to get to God the Father is through me. That's what he was telling people. There was a day when Jesus came to the temple, and the temple was supposed to be a place of, um, of holiness. The temple was supposed to be a place of reverence. The temple was supposed to be a place of prayer where people came and, and had sacrifices made for their sins, and people came to meet with God. And he came to the temple one day and he saw that they had turned it into some kind of like Shipshawana flea market thing where people were just selling all kinds of stuff and it wasn't supposed to be that way. And the Bible tells us that Jesus went in and he drove away all the, all the merchants in there. He drove them all out. And the religious leaders were really upset because this was part of their system of making money that they had turned God's house into. And so they came up to him and they said, who do you think you are? doing all of this and throwing everybody out of here. What miraculous sign, the scripture says, that they said, can show us to prove your authority to do this thing that you're doing? Who do you think you are coming in here 
and disrupting everything that we have. And Jesus said, I am the son of God. And this is my father's house. And they said, prove it. And he said, okay. And this is what's recorded in John 2, 19. He said, you're going to destroy this temple. And he's talking about his own life. And he said, in three days, I will raise it up. After you kill me, he says, and this is the sign that I have the authority to do this. After you kill me, I'm gonna come back to life after three days. And guess what, my friends? That's exactly what he did. He claimed to be God. He claimed to be the resurrection. And the empty tomb is crying out, it is finished. Jesus is who he claimed to be. And my friends, listen to, you, to me. If you have any doubt as to whether Jesus truly is the Messiah, if Jesus truly is the Son of God, if Jesus truly is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to the Father except through him, the message to you today at Easter, in this resurrection day, is that you can trust that he is who he claimed to be because he rose from the dead. And he proved it because he told us he was going to do it. In fact, that leads us to the next thing that the empty tomb cries out. He cries out, it is finished. Jesus has the power to do what he promises to do. I love this, and I hope this is gonna be a great encouragement to you in your walk with God or in your walk in this journey right now that you're in. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus claimed this. All authority which that word authority means the power to act. So you can read it like this. All the power to act in heaven and on earth has been given to me. See, because Jesus was God, he could do whatever God could do. John 10, 18, Jesus said this, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority or the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. Listen to me. This is what happened to Jesus. They killed him. They put him in a tomb. They rolled a giant stone in front of it. They sealed it. They posted a 24-hour guard to make sure that he stayed in there. But check this out. Jesus already had said and predicted that this was happened, and this is what he said was going to happen at that point. Mark 10, 34 records that they will mock me, they will spit on me, they will flog me, they will kill me, but after three days, Jesus said, I will rise. There is no one who has has the power to keep me in the tomb. No one has the power to do anything in my life unless I allow it because all the power in heaven and on earth has been given it to me. I'm gonna lay down my life. You're not gonna take it from me and you're not gonna keep me down. I'm gonna take it back again and I'm gonna rise again the third day. And that's exactly what happened, my friends. Just as he said it would. You remember the ladies in the, going to the tomb that we read about in Luke chapter 24. Let me take you back to verse six and seven. The angel said to them, he is not here, he is risen. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He, he's not here. Don't you remember how he told you when he was still in Galilee that the son of man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and then on the third day rise? Don't you remember that? Well, girls, it's happening right now. Just like he promised it would. You're in the middle of the resurrection story. Jesus promised it was going to happen, and here you are experiencing it and witnessing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's pretty fantastic. But you might be saying, so what? 
And some people might say, so what? What, what does this all mean? So, so what if Jesus is who he said he was? So what if he actually did the miraculous things that he said he was going to do and he actually rose from the dead? What difference does it make in my life? I want to say to you, and please lean into this, it makes all the difference in the world. It means that we can be forgiven of our past sins. That's what the resurrection means. That's really good news. Jesus on the cross is crying out, I am paying for your sins. I'm paying for your sins so that you don't have to, and you can find forgiveness, and my friends, the message for us today is that you can find forgiveness from your past sins right now in Jesus Christ because of the resurrection. 1 John 1.9 says that if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. That's really good news. What that means is that we can come to God and we can confess our sins before him and he'll forgive us of our sins. Colossians 2 verse 13 says, you were dead because of your sins. So before we come to Jesus, we're dead in our sins. That's what the Bible tells us. But God made you alive with Christ Jesus for he forgave all your sins. And look at this, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Jesus paid for our guilt, which means that we don't have to pay for it. He wants to cancel every record of every death that you owe. He will forgive all of your sins of your past. He will remove them from you and not even hold them against you ever again. That's really good news. He, the Bible says that God won't remember your sins against you anymore. There's a passage in the scripture that says when you confess your sin, he will forgive them. And this is how he does it. He will take them and he'll cast them, he says. He'll cast them as far as the east is from the west. And he will bury them in the deepest part of the sea. And he won't remember them against you anymore. Today, because of the cross, the vacant cross, and because of the empty tomb, my friends, you can have your sins forgiven, taken away. God will remove them so you can forget them. That's really good news. That's the good news of the gospel. It doesn't matter what your past has been like. I hear people all the time say, God can't save me. The message today is yes, he can, and yes, he will, and he wants to. And he will remove all of the sins of your past and give you a brand new life. Romans 8, 1 in the Bible says, there's no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you remember, you might not be old enough, do you remember what the Etch-A-Sketch is? Um, I used to have one of these when I was a kid. I don't know, actually, they're still making them. This is a, a pretty new one. Um, we were borrowing from a, a family that has some little kids, and you know, it's where you, like, you can move these around and you can draw all kinds of different drawings. Well, um, this is kind of what happens with God and this whole thing about forgiveness because I think we have a picture of the Etch-A-Sketch where you have like 
like you see all the lines and the squiggly lines and everything, that represents, um, in this case right now, in this illustration, that represents your life and that re- re- how sin has affected your life. And I want you to understand that sin is so present in your life before Jesus Christ that there's every part of your life is infected with it. But come back to me now, come back to me live, because here's what Jesus does. When you come and you confess your sin to the Lord, he takes the etch-a-sketch of your life and he cleanses you. And when he does, you've got a brand new, clean slate, if you would. You have a brand new, clean life. For those who are in Jesus Christ, he says, the old is gone, behold, all things have become new. That's the good news of the empty tomb. That's the good news of the vacant cross, that your sins can be forgiven, all of your past sins. He, Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. That's really good news, my friend. Here's something else that the empty tomb means. It means that we have the power over our present circumstances so much of our lives feels out of control, especially right now. I'm, I hear it all the time. I feel powerless to change my current situation. Well, welcome to Coronaville. I mean, we are in the, we're all in the middle of this thing right now. We're all dealing with this. I was talking to a business owner this week who said, I don't even know what to do. Everything is so uncertain. I don't know what the future holds. Nobody has any answers for me. I don't know what the future looks like once we all get back to work. Will people have money to spend to, to keep my business alive? And those, that's where we all are in all kinds of different ways. People will say all the time, I feel powerless to break this habit in my life or I feel powerless to manage my time and my schedule. I feel powerless to save my family. I feel powerless to save my relationships. I feel powerless to get out of debt. Everything seems out of control in my life. Well, can I show you something from the word of God that is truth for you? That the message of the empty tomb gives to us? See, for those of us who are in Jesus Christ, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter one, verse 20. Paul wants people to know that when you come to Jesus, you have a new power, and that power gives you control over your circumstances. He says, I pray that you will understand, and look at these words, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. What Paul, when he wrote this, wants the church to understand, and for everybody who wants to come to Jesus to understand that resurrection power is available to you because when you become a Christian, he puts his power in you in the form of the Holy Spirit of God. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago can be used in your life right now in your present circumstances. Does that encourage you at all? Does the news of that, does that put a little smile on your face? That you have been given the power to handle all that you're going through right now and he will deliver you with that power. We don't know what the future holds. Right? 
We don't know how different we're going to be coming out of this whole thing that we're in right now. We don't even know what tomorrow holds, let alone next week or next month. In fact, things are changing all the time. They're changing almost every moment of every day. Something is changing in our world because of all of this that's going on. We don't know what the future holds, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter what comes our way because God has given us the power to face whatever comes into our lives. That's what we receive from the resurrection. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do anything through the strength of the power of Christ who lives in me. My friends, listen to me. Listen closely. No situation is hopeless in the power of the resurrection. You have the power in Jesus Christ because of the resurrection. The same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is inside of you. And when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you become one of the most powerful people on the planet because you possess the power of God in his presence in your life and the strength to handle anything that comes in this world. I hope you're getting excited about this kind of stuff. I am. Let me finish with this, okay? The resurrection means we can be sure of our future. I said earlier that we all have a fundamental universal problem, a human problem, and that is sin, but because of that, we all share in this same universal problem. We're all going to die. Now, Phil, why are you talking about death on Resurrection Sunday? Because you need to understand that the power of the empty tomb gives you the ability to escape the death that sin has brought into the world. God did not intend for us to experience death. When God created man and woman, he put them into a perfect environment and made them bodies that would last forever. But sin entered into the world, the Bible says, and because sin entered into the world, which that sin is disobedience to God, then death came into the world. And I know that that's no surprise to you. It might be a surprise to some children because they don't have a full grasp of what death is. But the question is not, are we going to die? The question is, what's next? Now, there was a study done. Um, they asked some children to write sentences about what they believed about death, okay? And I just want to read these to you and lighten it up just a little bit here. Gilda, age eight, responded like this. When you die, they put you in a box and they bury you in the ground because you don't look so good. <laughs> um, I love that. Stephanie, age nine, says this. Doctors help you so that you won't die until you pay their bill. That's her perspective. I guarantee there were some conversations going on in their home for her to get that perspective on death. Marcia, age nine, she said this. When you die, you don't have to do homework in heaven unless your teacher is there too. <laughs> I love, how apropos is that for today, right? Raymond, age 10, he says this, a good doctor can help you so you won't die. A bad doctor sends you to heaven. <laughs> oh, that's cute, right? But listen carefully to me now. It is a mistake to go through life with a child's perspective on death. One author wrote this, I wanted you to see it and write it down. Only a fool 
would go through life unprepared for something he knows is inevitable. I want to ask you this question, and actually I want you to ask this question of yourself. Am I ready for death? Actually, this is the most important question every man, woman, and child listening to my voice right now can ask. Because where you spend eternity after death is directly connected to how you answer that question, are you ready for death? The Bible is clear. And I know that if you've lived any length of time on this earth right now, you understand this, that life is short and death is long. The Bible says that life is just a mist, it's just a vapor, it's here today and it's gone tomorrow, but eternity is long. You and I, we don't have any idea how many days we have to live on this earth. We don't, and we don't have any control over it. But what we can have control over today is the knowledge of where we're going to spend eternity after we die. I want you to listen carefully to me. You are not walking around in a body and like you have a body and a soul. You are an eternal soul. Your soul is gonna live forever that is in a temporal body right now. Every person has a soul. It's that immaterial part of ourselves and our souls are immortal. We are all going to exist after we die. We're all going to exist somewhere for eternity. Your body is going to die and your bones are going to rot in the grave somewhere. But your immaterial part, your soul, is going to live on in eternity in one of two places, the Bible says. In a place called heaven or a place called hell. Heaven is eternal life. Heaven is an eternal, wonderful place where you're with God and you're with those who love God. It's a wonderful, glorious place and it's called eternal life because you will live forever. But hell is quite different. The Bible describes hell as a place of torment and a place of eternal judgment, which is called eternal death. Separated from God, paying for your sins for the rest of eternity. Jesus cries out from the tomb and says, you can be free from all of that. You can have eternal life now because I have conquered sin. I have conquered death. You don't have to live that death for the rest of eternity. My friends, please hear me. A thousand years from now, everyone on the earth right now will be dead. Their bodies will be dead, but you will be very much alive and you will be alert to who you are and you will know where you are. 10,000 years from now, you will still be conscious of where you are and you will still be aware of who you are. <laughs> Let me just go one more step. 100,000 years from now, you will still know who you are. You will still be alert and you will still know where you are. And that's just the beginning of eternity at that point. You will understand then what you can't possibly know today except by faith that the most important thing you need to know is am I in a right relationship 
with Jesus Christ have I experienced the power and the freedom of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.27 says this, it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes the judgment. My friends, listen to me, you only get one chance at this. That's just reality, nothing will change that. We're all going to die a physical death, but the Bible tells us that in Jesus there is life. There is physical, abundant life while we're here on this earth, but more importantly, there is eternal life, and that's the good news of the Easter story. You can have that new life. You can have that eternal life in Jesus because he is who he claimed to be, because he does what he promises he will do, because you can be forgiven of your past sins, you can have power over your present circumstances, and you can be sure of your future. That's the message of Easter. You can have all of Jesus Christ, his life, his light, his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and you can have it all right now today, sitting wherever you are listening to my voice. And I want to ask you the question, how will you respond to everything that you've heard today? I've been praying for you all week long. Not you corporately, everyone out there. I'm talking to you right now, listening to my voice. And I'm challenging each one of you to respond to this news, this resurrection news if Jesus is your savior, then rejoice. <laughs> Celebrate today. And when we're done here, get your family and go outside and, and praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get on your knees right now and just thank him for his grace and for his love and his mercy and all that he's accomplished for you. But if you don't know Jesus and you don't have a relationship to him, I want you to hear this, that I don't believe that you're hearing my voice right now and it, by some chance or uh, by mistake. You're listening because God wants you to hear this. In fact, he's speaking to you right now through me. You might actually be a little uncomfortable right now and you're actually thinking to yourself, man, he's like, is he talking to me? Well, actually I'm not, but the Holy Spirit is. And what he's doing is he's convicting your heart and he's asking you to respond. Easter Sunday today could be the day that changes your life forever. Forever, not just your physical life, but your eternal life. And the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, and I know some of you are listening right now and hearing his voice, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of favor. We're living in a time when Jesus didn't, isn't coming to judge the world. That's coming. Right now, we're living in the age of grace. We're living in the opportunity where you can have eternal life. You can receive forgiveness of your sins right now. Today's the day of salvation for you. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Right now, in the quiet of this moment, wherever you are, 
you can bow before the Lord and bow your heart and humble your heart before the Lord and confess your sin to him. Ask him to be the Lord of your life and you will be saved. You will be freed from your sin and forgiven of your sin and you will receive eternal life. That's the promise of the empty tomb. I would encourage you, I would invite you, if you don't know the Lord, to just bow your head right now and bow your heart before him and pray a simple prayer to him like I prayed when I received Christ as my Savior. And I, I prayed this, and I, if you pray this prayer and you really mean it, and you mean it with all your heart, and you believe it when you say it, you will be saved. But you pray a prayer like this, God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of salvation. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that I can be forgiven and I believe that you rose from the dead so that I can have eternal life. Please forgive me of my sins and save me. Please take me as your child. I wanna trust you, I wanna follow you and I wanna live my life for you. I want to be your child. Please be my father. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. My friend, if you did that, you are now a born-again child of God. And let me be the first to congratulate you. Let me be the first to welcome you into the family of God. You are now my brother or my sister because of the life experience, a life change that's going to take place and is take, has already taken place because of your faith in Jesus Christ. This is what Easter means. This is why it matters. And this is how Easter makes a difference in our lives. And Jesus said in John 17, three, this is the way to have eternal life, to know my Father the only true God, and to know me, the one who sent me to save you.
that's what God is doing right now. He is washing your life clean, taking your sin away. I'm actually getting reports right now from the online um, live presence that some of you are raising your hand and saying, I have committed my life to Jesus today. I am so thankful for you. I'm so thankful that God is doing that work in your heart and in your life today. And if that's the case, you are a brand new child of God and all things, all the past is gone and everything is now new and you have a new life in Jesus Christ. You now have a new walk with him. And we wanna help you with that. In fact, anyone who is making any kind of decision for Christ today, I just encourage you to go online to our Connect card and write down, there's a place where you can put down, I committed my life to Jesus, or I'm coming back to a committed life to Jesus, or I need information on how to grow in my walk with God, and we wanna connect with you because if you're saved today, if you ask Christ as your savior today, the very next thing for you to do is to publicly confess that by being baptized. And we're going to talk next week about a baptism service that we're going to have. We're going to figure it out in the middle of all this. But you need to be baptized, and you need to get walking in the Word, and you need to be walking in your new life with God. And we want to come alongside of you and help you. So please go to that Connect card and let us know what God is doing in your life. We're so thankful that you've given your heart to Jesus today. We rejoice with you in all that God is doing in your life. But he's doing it around the world right now. He is working because he is alive. And so everybody get on your feet right now because we're going to go out singing and we're going to go out lifting high the praise of Jesus Christ together. Happy Easter, everybody. You're loved in Jesus Christ. Oh.